we just, we're just doing better and better and better because to me, my customers are not the people that buy from us. My customers are my employees. Absolutely. And if I treat them right, they'll treat my customers right. So I'm all in on my employees, man. Real business, real business, Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like we don't care where you come from, yeah. where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners Podcast. And today, you guys got myself. I traveled uh, to sunny Southern California to hang out with my very good friend, Anthony Busiglio. There you go. You got it. I got it right? You got it right. Okay. Uh, you know, I, it looks like Busiglio or whatever. I was just talking about this off air, but uh, I, 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 it's an Italian name and it's total, a tough one for me. Total Sicilian guinea name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you guys, Anthony owns a really cool marketing company and we're going to talk about some amazing things today. Stick around all the way to the end and pay very close attention because he's going to share a couple really valuable tips on how you can increase your marketing and some actionable things that you can do immediately on your easy, own easy stuff too yeah so we'll do that we'll talk about that at the very end but i want to talk i want to talk a lot about uh anthony today because as i've gotten to know him we're both a part of our good friend keith's ascent brotherhood uh this guy is uh well one you're an amazing storyteller so i'm excited to have you tell some <laughs> stories today uh but two he's just an amazing leader you know and, and i could tell instantly when you came into the group like you know it's no bullshit you're like you know hey i'm here to elevate everybody around me and uh and i think that speaks for the kind of culture that you built here at your company company as well but before we jump into all that i just want to say welcome and i appreciate you taking the time allowing me into your house to be on our show thank you bro i appreciate the uh, warm intro man I i'm happy you're here man and uh it's been a pleasure getting to get to know you we got a send brotherhood tomorrow man i'm fucking fired up yeah you ready for beach volleyball <laughs> yeah yeah man so I'm, I'm psyched man i'm happy you're here i'm happy you got to see the office and see like yeah, the vibe and the culture man. that we have here and ak's in the house and Corey, who i just met so i'm yeah. just happy i love this stuff i love being able to just provide value however i can and I, and I love doing this kind of stuff so uh yeah let's let, let's rock and roll yeah man and uh and we'll and, and we'll we'll have everyone go check you out as well and in, in the content that you're putting out i know since i've started following you i love your stuff Thank um you, man. but man that's actually one of the things i really want to hit on when I talk to you today, because like I, I grew up in this kind of culture, you know, like I, my very first job was in a call center. Right. And then I've built all my companies that are like anchored by call centers and like, there's so much power in, in the phone. Right. And, uh, what I've noticed in being in a bunch of call center atmospheres, uh, there's obviously high level ones, there's low level ones. Right. But, uh, I, I, and I've worked in those before I owned my own and really what keeps them from either flopping or, or succeeding really is the culture. Uh, dude, it's everything. Yeah. And so I, I like, man, walking through here, hearing the buzz, seeing everybody, they're clearly making money. They're happy. They love what they do. What are some of the things that you instill, uh, into your culture to like create this type of atmosphere? Yeah, yeah, it's gr great question, man. And, and I got a lot of good answers for that. Yeah. So, you know, we first started, we moved into this office four years ago. Um, we always had a good vibe. You know, we always had the music on going yeah. and try to keep the energy up. And we always do the morning meeting. The day starts every day with the company-wide morning meeting. You know, 7 o'clock, everybody stands around the whole thing, and we take turns. My turn is on Friday, which uh, which was this morning, and then uh, the managers take turns, and they have a, a list to go through, and then a focus for the day, and they have to come prepared with some kind of, you know, value or some kind of motivational thing. So the day starts with the 7 a.m. meeting all the time, and then we clap it down, and we APN on 3, and we scream, and we yell, and we get the music on. Um, another big part of the culture is, uh, is the spiffs. You yeah. know, so every day it's like, but we have to hit our numbers for the previous day yeah. to enable spiffs for the next day. All right, guys, we hit our numbers yesterday. That means cash is enabled. And then we have a wheel that they spin yeah. and they spin the wheel and it tells the game we're going to play. It could be uh, it could be uh, cornhole and you get three in a hole, you get five bucks or like we have a Plinko board and we have, we have like all these games and roll the dice and flip a quarter heads or tails. Like we play all these fun games. Uh, we do a lot of prizes yeah. every month. We have monthly contests. Like we're, this month, we're doing a, a PS5 or a 75-inch flat-screen TV. You get a choice of or Beats headphones. Like we're always doing shit like that to make it fun. But you know, throughout the last four years. I've made it like a mission of mine to just crank, keep, continue to just crank up as much culture as we could do. And I realized that 
for you to have an amazing culture, you got to really fucking care about the people. Yeah, like absolutely. You, like you can't fake it. You yeah. got to really care. Yeah. And I do. Like, you know, we brought this guy in, another big piece of the culture. His name is JJ. He's the VP of leadership. We did this about two years ago. So we brought him in. I said, look, all these guys here don't know what personal development is. They never knew it. They don't know what, what it means. I'm like, I want to start paying you to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with my leadership team yeah. during the work day. So that's how we started doing the personal development stuff, right? So this guy comes in and he does uh, one hour, once a week with each one of my 12 people in my leadership. Literally personal development, confidential. They confide in this guy. They tell him personal stuff, shit that's going on at home because we really identified that usually when guys aren't producing, it's not because of what's going on here. Yeah. It's because of shit they got going on at home that they're bringing here. So now we made this safe place and this guy to provide the leadership, uh, to a guy they could talk to, he provide, and, and, and he's been fucking amazing and just completely opened up their minds to the world of personal development and growing and getting better. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, and then we also have this guy do a company-wide uh, Zoom meeting because we have an office in Jersey too with uh, 15 people. That's right. So every week it's a company-wide Zoom meeting for the entire office and delivers some kind of new 30-minute message every single Thursday. So we've been doing that. We do team events every single quarter, whether it's kickball or we go to the bowling alley for a quarterly event or we do, we've done, we're, we're going to do paintball. We're going to the Angels game. We've gone to Anaheim Ducks game. Um, we've, we've played Ultimate Frisbee. Like we're always thinking of unique barbecues, picnics, yeah. always thinking of unique experiences. Then what we do is we do one theme day a month, right? Yeah. So I have the whole office vote on it, right, of what they want to do. So next Friday's Jersey Day, wear your favorite jersey. Or we do like, you know, 90s rock star day, and they come in dressed with 90s rock star. That's once a month. And then the other thing that I do, which I love that we do this, is I ask these guys what they want to learn. Yeah. outside of business that we could help them. We had Sarge come in a oh, month ago. Amazing. Sarge is a part of our uh, Ascend Brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, I said, look, guys, these guys have no idea how to go buy their first house, how a mortgage works, what kind of down payment they mean. I had him come in and do a whole hour talk to them about, hey, this is how you could save up, and this is how it works, and FHA and 3% and first-time homebuyer program, and just teach them. Yeah. We're doing credit building. We've done meditation. Uh, we had my buddy just do one yesterday, which was uh, uh, he's a, um, um, he has a male men's entrepreneur coaching program and he teaches just a lot of like mindset training i had him do that yesterday so we're constantly just doing i'm constantly buying lunch for people i'm yeah. constantly doing breakfast yeah and then another big thing that we do which everybody absolutely loves is we run our business on eos i don't know if you do but do you know what eos is yeah, yeah. okay we yeah. run our business systems EOS. and processes exactly yeah. right and then we're, with my partners, every quarter, we have our quarterly EOS meeting and we go through our, you know, the, the goals, the targets, the revenue, the numbers, and all the 90-day rocks, the things that we want to accomplish over the next 90 days. Following our quarterly meeting, always the following Friday, we have our VTO breakfast, right? Yeah. Everybody comes in a half hour early, we cook breakfast for the whole fucking office, and then I stand up and I go through the quarterly meeting and everything that we're doing, how close we are to our targets, the new initiatives, the opportunities that they have, because I always tell these guys that we operate in complete transparency. I want them to know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, yeah. the key players they may not know about, how close we are to hitting their numbers, what part they play. Yeah. Because without these guys, I got fucking nothing, man. Yeah. They are, they mean everything to me, mm -hmm. and I care about their well-being. We're always preaching fitness and, and, and mindset and healthy nutrition. I even did this, bro. So my leadership team... <laughs> It's not the healthiest team as far as nutrition-wise okay. and eating-wise. So I was like, guys, you, you guys got to step it up. So I found this diet nutrition coach from New Jersey. His name is Vinny, big Italian guy, yeah. bodybuilder. And I said, look, I said, I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll have this guy coach you guys for 12 weeks. All right? I'll pay for half of it, and you guys just pay for half. Because you got to put skin in the game or you ain't going to fucking do it. Yeah. Right? And I put them through this 90-day coaching program, diet fitness coaching program. Everybody's shedding fucking weight. They're all following the diet routine. So, like, you know, just all kinds of shit like that, man. I just bought them jerseys. So, you know, like the Ascent yeah, Brotherhood jerseys we have? I saw that. You yeah. saw that, right? So now every month we give five jerseys out based on performance. And then we do a jersey ceremony. Yeah. And we award them their jerseys. Like, it's just like, it's just nonstop. And... The guy who inspired me to really double down, and by the way, since I've doubled down on culture with all the things that I said, and there's even more than that, we've tripled revenue yeah. in the last two years. Tripled. Literally went from $7 million 
two years ago to $12.5 million last year, and we're going to do over $21 million this year. Damn. And I'm telling you, the number one reason is that I fucking doubled down on culture and that we really care. Every single employee here is like, dude, this is the best place I've ever worked yeah. at. I never want to leave here. I've never felt a part of a family like this. You guys really care about us, and I know it's not fake. Yeah. I don't feel like just a, a number here. So one quick thing. So there was this guy, I go to this, uh, I do a lot of development myself, you know? Yeah, of course. So I go to this, uh, this quarterly event called Power Room. It's an entrepreneur right. event. And there was this guy that came on stage about a year and a half ago, and he was like talking about how his culture was the best fucking culture in the whole country. And he was talking about how he has chefs in his office that they cook breakfast and lunch for the whole company every single day. He's, and he even has a fucking petting zoo outside <laughs> where employees, when they're frustrated, could go down to the petting zoo and there's goats and fucking llamas and chickens. And they could go down there and go feed the animals and go like, go like just, you know, yeah. get some anxiety out of their way and just go calm. And then and I talked to him like, dude, that is amazing that you do that. I, one day I want to be able to provide breakfast and lunch my whole office, but yeah. you just inspired me to go even fucking harder and deeper on the culture. Yeah. And and that was like a little thing for me. And ever since then, I've just been doubling down on stuff. And ever since I have been, I, like we just, we're just doing better and better and better because to me, my customers are not the people that buy from us. My customers are my employees. Absolutely. And if I treat them right, they'll treat my customers right. So I'm all in on my employees, man. Well, I've heard my, I, I had a good friend tell me one time, she said, uh, people don't leave where they're loved. Right. So you, you hit on that, the whole entire thing, man. Like, you know, like, man, you really, really care about your people. You care enough. And I really not do. Not just to invest into them, but also to, you know, develop your own self-leadership and develop the KPIs and stay committed to those and your SOPs. And, and, cause that, and that's a big thing too, man. Like I have ran my company for the last 17 years and like, I'm not great at developing, de developing the SOPs and the KPIs. And like, I'm the guy, I'm just like out hustling, getting business and I'm out there like, I'm like bringing you, home people so they can eat. Like I'm the hunter. That's me. You know what I mean? That's me. Yeah, but my partner is the, is the SOP system processes. Exactly. I would die without him, dude. Yeah. He does all that. That's probably like your partner, right? Yeah, we do. We have, well, we have a couple now we just brought in a CEO that's even like next level but like what I learned is like even when we had this amazing culture where we loved people we stocked the break room we have fun we play games we run spiffs all the stuff that you're talking about it was still like this chaos that kept going on and it was because we didn't have the systems and the processes for them to really thrive at their job yep right there's too much finger pointing going on and like well who dropped the ball like so we had to get really 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 good at that and so you know everything I wanted to talk about with culture you already hit on where it was like man yeah yeah, like we're creating a fun environment. We're showing them that we love them and uh, we're creating the SOPs and the KPIs. But the biggest thing is just you as the leader, man, you are the hunter out there. Like they know, like, especially with the transparency that you provide, like I'm out there bringing in this business, this opportunity, always creating more lead opportunities. It's so that, cause man, you got a big team. Yeah, There's man. There's a lot of pressure behind that, man. Like if you don't do what you need to do to continue to bring home that, that, that bread for them to like call all those leads for them to call. Like they've got families at home that it affects. And you just you know said what it, I mean? bro. Like yeah. I literally look at this out of my, my view that I'm their dad and I'm responsible for them to bring, to put food on their table at home. Yeah. I'm responsible to feed them the leads so they can make money and put bread on the table. And that's, that's really how I look at things, bro. And I'm, I always think that way. Yeah. Our core values, Kale here, are, and we changed these core values two years ago and we're deep on it, everybody knows it, is that if you work here, you have to be EDC. You have to be enthusiastic, you have to be disciplined, and you have to be competitive. Yeah. And that's it. And we drive those core values every single day. You have to have all three. And all three go on our side too. And they know, like, look, we love you and we want you to be here. But if you don't hit your numbers, yeah. we have to let you go. And their strict policy, like, hey, after two weeks, if you don't hit your numbers, you get a grow or go. Which yeah. means on the third week, if you don't hit X by Friday... This is company policy. This is the discipline on our end. We have no choice but to let you go. Yeah. But what, what's that? Because in the past, we always did shit emotionally. Ah, but he's a good kid. Give him one more week. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't fire Josh, man. Guilty. He's been here for three years. You know, yeah. like, I think he'll come around again. Give him a couple of weeks. We lose money, bro, yeah. on those guys. Exactly. So, but ever since we've done that, we've created more competitiveness. So, like, on third week, if they're behind, 
they're staying late. There's other guys staying with them late to try to help them get their last deal because they don't want to lose a teammate yeah. on the team. You know, it's like a fucking sports team. You know what I mean? Like, we treat it like a sports team. I love that. You yeah. know, I think business and sports re re relates a lot alike yep, when do. it comes to team and chemistry and working together and the leadership from the top, from the owner down to the to the managers and the offensive coordinator and the, and the defensive coordinator. Like, it, it's it, to me, it's like, it, I, I look at this like a fucking sports team yep. that we're just trying to win every game we can. We even, we even call our, like, if we hit our numbers five days in a row, hey, guys, we're on a five-game winning streak. Let's try to make it yeah. six. You know, oh guys, we lost yesterday, but hey, guess what? We're seven and two on the month. We're in first place right now. Let's try to go undefeated the rest of the month. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just we, we we just that's the way we fucking run shit, man. And that's healthy. Yeah, it's and healthy, they love man. it. Yeah, they love it. Like the fact that it's like, yeah, there's competition, there's healthy competition, but there's also camaraderie of like, dude, we don't want to lose a guy. Let's all rally behind him. And Let's get do. him to keep. But the fact that you do. You do live and breathe your core values, even when it means the discipline of cutting somebody off. Like, dude, that is hard. I struggled with that I for so that many years. And the biggest thing that I've learned from that is, like, it's best for them, too. You know what I mean? It's it like is. you're trying to save them, and you're not saving them. You're actually holding them back from going and finding what they need on a part of their journey to either hit where they need to hit to realize where they need to improve or find something that they're more passionate about or something that they thrive at. Like, when you're trying to hold on to people because you care about them, sometimes you're actually doing them the biggest disservice. We had a situation on Friday, right? Kid was here for two years now. Good kid. Everybody likes him. And so, so the number is they have to hit $5,000 in a week in sales, you know? Yeah. So it was his third week. He got his grower go. It was Friday. He was at like a thousand bucks, right? Like long shot to hit that much. So by three o'clock on Friday, and we close at four, um, he had put up 2000 for the day. So he was at three. Still far away, but so his manager comes to us. Hey, look, man, Josh had a good day. Are we really going to let him go? I'm like, you know the fucking rules, bro. Yeah. I'm like, if you don't want him to go, you better fucking <laughs> stay late with him and make it happen. And these fucking guys stayed, bro, till seven o'clock that night, three hours after closing, and they fucking pulled it out, and they got the kid the five thousand to save his job. Dude, and on Monday, it. I had a big morning meeting and say, "Look, man, I'm like, you closed four thousand dollars on Friday, unheard of, doesn't happen. But let me ask you a question. And and and, and number two. This is the discipline part of it. We have to be disciplined. If I'm preaching you guys to be disciplined, yeah. we have to be disciplined too. These are the fucking rules. But why did you let yourself get in that position? Yeah. When you after the first week when you didn't hit it and you were in week two, why weren't you staying late that week? Mm -hmm. Why weren't you working through lunch that week? Why'd you wait till fucking Friday? Back against the to wall. Back against the wall and you did it. You bit down on the mouthpiece, you were against the ropes, and you came back and you won the fight. But why would you put yourself in that position? You didn't have to fucking do that, bro. Yeah. You could have did that last week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And make this but but you know what? You did it, you saved your ass. Don't fucking put yourself in that position again, you know? <laughs> it's so hard, dude. It's so hard. And, yeah. and honestly, that's where my my partner Trevor over the years has been really solid, man. Is like he he's really created that same type of like mantra of like, dude, I'm not firing you. You're firing yourself. This is the right. parameters. Exactly. Like you're gonna weed yourself out, you know, but like I always was the guy that was like, man, I just want to rescue him. You know, I want to help always them. be that guy. <laughs> yeah. My partner's the bad guy. I'm the good cop. He's the bad cop. <laughs> exactly. But you got you gotta have some kind of rules and discipline and you gotta stick to it, bro. Yeah. Because then unfortunately you're spending money on marketing and these guys aren't converting. And then you start then and when you do the numbers, mm -hmm. like dude Josh lost his fucking six thousand dollars in the past forty days. You know what yeah. are we doing with this guy? Ah, he's a good kid. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're running a business here. Yeah, we're running a family culture thing too, but we're still operating for profit. This Absolutely. is not a fucking nonprofit organization, man. Yeah, it, it, you got to hit your numbers. So, but it's been uh, it's it's been great, man. Yeah. I have so much fun over here. Yeah, dude, and you do a great job. And and it, like like I said in the introduction, man, you you just have just great leadership skills. And I do I am curious, like just in your life journey, like where can you pinpoint in your journey of like where you created that desire, that, that hunger for like, man, like I want to build teams. I want to, I want to, you know, get rich. I want to produce, I want to add value to the world. Like where, where along your journey do you feel like you really found that to, uh, to step into your leadership role? Yeah, man. Good question. Um, so I didn't even know I was ever going to be a business owner. Um, mm -hmm. and it was never even thought in my head. 
and uh, and I got involved in the mortgage business back in. How old are you, Cal? I'm just turned forty. Okay, so I'm forty six. Yeah, forty six. And uh, I got in the mortgage business. I was dating some girl at the time, and she said, "Hey, you should get into the mortgage business. You could definitely sell. You got a great mouth on you." And it was right when the rates were high, and the rates were it was easy refinances. And I got into the mortgage business, and uh, it was just so easy for me. It was natural for me to sell, you know. And I just I went from my, the most I ever made in my life at that time was like eight hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm clocking five grand, ten grand, fifteen thousand. Yeah. I'm like, wow. You know, and then I, 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 I knew that I had something here and I pretty much ran circles around everybody in my office, became the number one broker in a short period of time. And then uh, over and it's long stories and funny stories. And, you know, you, you'll probably eventually hear all of them when we do the brotherhoods because Keith <laughs> makes me tell all the stories. Yeah. Well, you're so great at them. But over time, <laughs> I ended up owning my own, my own mortgage company and uh, but and I was making a lot of money, but I was sitting back with my fucking feet up. Just thinking that money came like just like a faucet. You just opened up the faucet and the money just kept coming. Yeah. Never learned any skills over those years, just my mouth. And then when 2008 happened, man, I fucking lost everything, bro. Yeah. Everything. Three houses in foreclosure, bankruptcy, $150,000 in credit card debt. I mean, I was just fucking knocked down, rock bottom. I was like, holy shit, man, I guess money don't come that easy, yeah. you know? And it was a big lesson for me, you know, a big eagle check for me, a nice slice of humble pie. And, uh, and I had to rebound. I had to start learning a new set of skills. I learned about that. And I knew, I barely knew how to use the fucking computer, man. I knew how to talk. That's the only skill I had, yeah. you know? But I knew I had high energy. I always had high energy and I had pretty good charisma, you know? So I started learning internet marketing, uh, how to generate leads online. Um, and then I started doing some work from home stuff, made a couple bucks, just barely survived and got through it. Marriage was rocky because I wasn't bringing money in and we were with all these bills and houses in foreclosure. Uh, thank God shit was fucked up with the market because they let you stay in those foreclosure houses for oh, like yeah. six years. Yeah. I didn't have to pay the mortgage forever, man. I was just <laughs> lucky because before that, you getting kicked out in 18 yeah. months or less. So like, you know, so I figured shit out along the way, and then I, and then me and me and Kevin, my partner now, uh, who, did you meet him when he came to the One Brotherhood? I don't think you were there for that. Is one. he the one in your MMA podcast? No, no, no. You? That's oh, Big Mike. That's okay. Big Mike. Okay. Um, we're like, hey man, look, I know how to run a floor. I had the mortgage. I had sixty brokers at one time in the mortgage company. I'm like, now we know how to generate leads online. Now you know we we figured out this whole Google listing thing. It's right when Google listings started to get popular, and let's put together another sales floor. And I've always been motivated, you know? And then we started a company back in 2012, and, um, and we ramped it up really quick, man. This is back when robocalls were legal. Yeah. Right? So business-to-business robocalls were completely 100% legal. There was no compliance issue. So I didn't even know that shit worked. Yeah. I was like, you mean that people actually press one? He's like, dude, you could build massive business with robocalls. Like, no fucking way. And I did it. <laughs> and we started crushing it, dude. And I went to like 100 employees within two years. But... Made a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. along the way, too. I didn't know nothing about finances. I didn't know the, the five pillars of business. I just didn't have all the pieces to make me like a really good, badass entrepreneur yet, you know? So I started making money again, but then, you know, ended up closing that business because regulatory stuff happened. They made robocalls illegal, and I wasn't ready for that, and, and I couldn't get the leads online in time and tried hanging on to it. But we built a nice res residual income, so I was cool. I was making money anyway. Um, but that's when I started really diving more into personal development. Yeah. That's when I started reading good books. That's when I started following the right people on YouTube. That's when I started going to live events. And that's when I started realizing how important it was for growth. Yeah. You know, my whole life, I just did it with brute force, just putting my fucking head through the wall and just figuring it out, you know? And then I realized that that wasn't enough, that yeah. I was never going to get, build a hundred million dollar company with brute force, man. You really need to learn the pillars of the business and the things that you need. And especially financial literacy, I had zero of it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, then I started this company, APN, yeah. which you're at right now. And when I started this company, I joined a couple of groups before, way before Ascend. And, and then I went really hard on my, my network, surrounding myself with the right people, tons of personal development, tons of books, tons of audio, tons of YouTube stuff. Uh, and then I really forced into discipline. Yeah. The fucking morning routines, the early mornings, the grinding it out with the fitness, the gratitude. You know, every single morning, you know, I do my grad. Yeah. This is my morning routine now, right? My wife thinks I'm a fucking psychopath, right? But I do it. Mm. And every day I do this, I feel amazing when it's done. How long have you been doing it? 
So this routine, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably about a year. Okay. All right? Because I wasn't getting up at 4.30 a.m., uh, and then I ratcheted it up a little more. So I do 3.45. Damn. I do 3.45 a.m. I pack all my shit the night before. Yeah. Like my fucking gym bag, all my shit ready, and I try to be at the gym by 4.15, right? So I'm up, never hit the snooze button, because that's not, not a, you cannot hit the fucking snooze button. Alarm <laughs> goes off, 3.45 a.m., in the bathroom, doing my shit downstairs, pre-workout, blah, blah, boom, out the fucking door. I'm at the gym by 4.15. I get on the treadmill. This is the exact thing I do, bro. On the treadmill, pull out my phone because I'm doing 10-minute little warm-up, and I send out two gratitude texts to anybody. Yeah. A lot of times it's my wife, my kids, random people, people I haven't talked to in like years. Yeah. And I just send it out of nowhere. And at first it was really uncomfortable doing it, but now I've been doing the gra- I've been doing it for like over probably almost two years now, yeah. the gratitude part. Yeah. And uh and it's so well received. Like like, hey bro, it's been like two years, man. I haven't talked to you, man. I it's been a long time I talked to you and you know I, I miss you. I just want to know that even though we haven't talked, man, I, I miss you. I'm grateful that we're friends. I appreciate you and we should connect soon. Do you text or the voice voice? I do memo? the voice memos yeah. every time. They gotta hear the Jersey fucking accent, you know? <laughs> I so, love it, dude. When you send me messages, I'm like, that's it. That's that's, so it. that's A B. That's been a game changer for me because you know, starting your day every day with gratitude yeah. just changes your specific perspective on like what you have right now yeah. and, you know where i am i'm really grateful for where i am in my life with my family and everything so i do that too grad then i have this little app in my phone called day one it's a little journal app and i write a quick little two paragraph journal entry and every entry starts with i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be at this moment in time yeah that's the first words of everyone and then i write a little positive self-talk in there right boom then i get off the treadmill go do my workout and i fucking train hard bro yeah. I, I bring the intensity i train hard i got my techno music on with my big ass headphones on i don't talk to nobody and i lift <laughs> fucking hard you know i live really hard after i'm done with that i go upstairs in the in lifetime fitness because no one's up there in the gym in the classes because it's yeah. so early and i lay down i bust out my phone youtube and i type in five minute uh morning meditation that's okay. it five minutes i hate meditating but that's why i gotta do it yeah yeah so i lay down i do a little five minute meditation go back downstairs get in the locker room i go in the jacuzzi five minutes steam room five minutes shower 30 seconds cold shower come back out get my shit on and now my fucking day is ready <laughs> and i do that shit every day dude yeah. it takes like a good two hours two and a half hours but man i feel every single day because i know that no matter how I felt the night before, or if I was if I had an argument with my wife, which I really don't do, yeah. or I was feeling a certain way, I have to show up here every day yeah. and bring the fucking energy, bro. Because they look for that. Yeah. My employees, they love me, man. They respect me, and I gotta bring the heat every single day. Yeah. I had a friend of mine in New Jersey, very successful, who said to me one time. He's like, I cannot afford to not be laser focused every single day if I want to build what I want to build. Well, you know? and dude, you have to be because yeah. not like we talked about a little earlier, like, you know, the whole everyone here depends on it. Right. They do. Like you're the guy, you're the pulse of this company. And so especially like with what we do, where we're we're calling people nationwide. There's a call center attached to it. Like, dude, there's some regulations involved. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? And, and like, it's not even just our industry. It's every industry. Like, you know, we're seeing right now with banks getting shut down. We're seeing like, you know, I've been, I've been threatened with lawsuits from States before because we didn't follow the regulations yep. and we didn't like the robo calls. You were talking about how they outlawed them. People still did them. I've got know, until they got shut I down. I can't tell you how many times with shit like that. Yeah. You know, now my shit's all lead gen. So they're opting in with consent to be texted, be called. Like yeah. I do everything right. You have to. I got compliance attorneys. I got crazy sick accounting firm. Like I, you know, I I leveled up my entire team around the controller. Yeah. You know, to and and that doesn't stop yeah. as we grow. You got to continue to level because you're going to outgrow yeah. some of that team, and you got to level up and pay more money and bring on higher level people and advisors and my board of advisors, and you know it's just it's nonstop growth yeah. from personal to business. It's just it's just and there's no finish line, dude. You've got to be disciplined, dude, to to like be able to handle it because it's every 
corner, right around the corner is some issue that's got to be solved. Like, Always. you know, when you're calling people nationwide, like we, you probably are like me, you don't use like Filipinos and like, you know, the offshore people, like you're building your team in house. Yep. There's value in that in like the culture, everything we've talked about. Yeah. But like so many people are affected when you get slapped with some lawsuit because you called California, but you weren't registered to call California, even though they opted into you, they don't care if they say I you're know. guilty, you're guilty. So you like, you have so much stuff weighing on you to make sure that you're operating ethically, morally, and legally. And sometimes legally is not ethically and morally, dude. Bro. Like the laws are not ethical and moral themselves, but you're like, I got to follow the law and I got to follow, you know, the ethics and the morals. And so, you know, a lot, it's it takes a lot doing that. Dude, listen to this one that just happened to us, right? So, you know, when we were doing the robocalls, calls, we used to get extorted all the time. Yeah, the for sure. Litigators, the ambulance chasers. Got to pay them off, whatever. Yeah. So now we're doing things right, man. So I had this 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 well known litigator, right, who does this all the time to people. About a month ago, two months ago, mm-hmm. I get I get a, a I think it's like, hey, it looks like you called one of my clients up who's on the do not call list. Um, you know, we need to settle this. And I was like, well, actually, no. I'm like, here, let me show you. We have full consent. He opted into the form. Here's the consent he signed. Here's the date he opted in. Here's the IP address he opted in for. So sorry, you must be mistaken. I mean, we had full consent, so your client opted in, which supersedes the do not call us because he opted in. <laughs> so he writes back, my client did not consent to anything. I'm like, here we fucking go. He's one of these guys. So he goes, we'll settle for $18,000. I go, mm-hmm. what are you talking about, dude? You know? So I'm like, wait, let me not get emotional. Let me call my attorney up. I'm like, look, I'm like, what do we do here? He's like, I would settle. I go, what? What the fuck are you talking about, settle? Yeah. He goes, look, dude, this is how it goes. He's going to threaten class action lawsuit, all right? He's an attorney, right? Even though you did nothing wrong, if we go and fight this and go to trial, this could cost hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars over the next three or four years. Yeah. So let's just negotiate with him and get it down to a reasonable payoff. I go, okay, you're telling me that I did absolutely nothing wrong. I did everything in compliance by the book, mm-hmm. right? But I can't fight it because it'll cost me so much money in litigation that it's cheaper for me to pay this motherfucker off. Yeah, which He's is like, the worst thing to do. Like That's what I'm telling wise. you. Yeah. He goes, now listen, you got to let me walk you through this. I know this guy. He's a tough litigator. I'm going to tell you exactly what to keep saying to him. Now, so now I got to fucking pay you, <laughs> this attorney, to tell me how to reply to emails to negotiate. Right, and that's yeah. what we did over a month back and forth. I ended up settling for fucking eight grand with this guy, and it cost me four grand with my attorney to coach me through. So it cost me thirteen thousand dollars, and I fucking did nothing wrong. <laughs> how's that? That's the way the system I've works. I've literally dude. been through that Sick. almost identical situation. But how is that right? Yeah, it's nuts, dude. Yeah. So, but that's the game we play. Ours was a little different. Cost of doing business. California's tough. Like they're a tough oh, state, man. man. And if you're an outsider selling in California. You better be registered in California. And so even though we had all our bonds, our licenses, and just all, all this stuff, man, like this customer reached out to us. And technically, if they reach out to us, we don't pursue them. Like, you know, there's there's supposed to be like a right to, to sure. sell them there. Not with California. And so it was the same type of situation where it was like this guy wanted a refund plus like $8,000 on top of it. And we were like, what? Like, not only did we do a great job for this guy, this is our credit repair business, but uh, our attorney, same thing. He's like, man, you just, you have to settle because the investigation that California is going to do on you is going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And then possibly open up I can't more stuff for something else you're doing yeah. wrong that you didn't even know you were doing wrong. And that's the tough thing about business, man, if, is if they want to find something that you're doing wrong, they can. And there's, so there's no room for ignorance. And it really requires you being on top of your game, being disciplined, being zeroed in, committed to like learning every step of your business so that you can, you know, keep it growing for the people that are here with fighting with you. Yeah, man. You know, it's. It's it's what comes along with the territory, though. You know, you yeah, gotta deal with it. And I I've just learned. I used to be a hothead, you know, yeah. and like normally in that kind of situation with that guy. Oh yeah. Years ago, you know, from the, I'm from the East Coast. I moved out here four years ago. Fuck that motherfucker! I'm not giving him a that. Like, that's yeah. how I, that's how it used to be. Yeah. And I've learned that like with business, you got to be non-emotional a lot of times, and you got to make the best decision for the business. And if the best decision is paying this fucking prick. 
eight grand, that's what I have to do because I'm not going to cause problems just to be a tough guy and have this ego and pride. Fuck that. I'd rather go to court and cost me $100,000 than pay that guy a dollar. Sure, it sounds good me saying that, (laughs) but is that the right thing to do? That's probably very foolish. It you know is. what I mean? It yeah. would cost me a lot of money and possibly more problems along the road. You know what I mean? Exactly. Young, ego. I mean, I thought about calling some of the goons and sending them up there to go yeah. pay him a visit. But you always see, you always think that stuff. I'm You're like, okay, I'll pay this guy and then I'm going to visit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call my guys from Jersey, <laughs> go pay him a visit with the pipe, get his kneecaps, but that's not realistic this day. This ain't the 80s no more, bro. That shit will be, the next day the cops will be here and have me in jail. Back 30 years ago, that's what you would do. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're on the East Coast, send somebody over there, crack his knees with a pipe. <laughs> that shit don't fly no more these days, bro. There's yeah. cameras on fucking every traffic light there is in the whole country That's true. Now. That's true. So that, that don't fly no more. Tell, tell me your story that you told me already once before, just because I want the audience to hear it, because this is really what it takes to be the leader, right? Like we talk about, you know, like the pressures we have and how important it is to be disciplined and, and to build that culture and go out and hunt for the team. Um, but I like that story you told me of when you had to fly home to Jersey, you had a funeral to attend. You also had like a big client to go film some videos with. The AC wasn't working. Like, oh, do you remember that, this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was that because was this funny. is just such a good story of like, <laughs> of like really what it takes, man. Like, there you, you just you don't get second chances for a lot of opportunities yeah. out there. And regardless of the excuse that you could throw, like it would have been really easy to say, like, dude, my grandmother died. I, but that opportunity might be gone forever. So you got to yeah. figure out how to make both work. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a good one, man. Um, all right. So uh, I was over here, and I've been really trying to get in with this guy. This guy's on our advisory board, and we worked out a deal to, 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 to co-do this product together and promote it to our list. And this is a guy that I know that if I do business with, that there'll be a, a, a lifelong yeah. business going on with this guy. This guy has sold 92 businesses in his career, Damn. 42 years old, a fucking monster. And I look up to him a lot. He's younger than me, but uh, you know he took a liking to me, and I was like, this is the opportunity to finally start doing some deals with this guy. Yeah. So we had this whole thing worked out. Where I'm going to fly to Florida uh, to go meet him in St. Augustine, and we had a whole video shoot to shoot like 15 videos for this product. It's actually a product that's similar to EOS. It's his version of EOS that he okay. made called Empire, a badass operating system to help businesses operate their business, right, and scale. So all planned out, date set. He has the camera guy ready to go, location rented out for the shoot. So now my grandma's 102 years old, right? My mom's calling me. It's the week before. She's like, oh, man, she's not doing good, too good. I'm like, oh, man, I know she's going to fucking pass right in the middle of this whole fucking shit. I know this was going (laughs) to happen, you know? So the shoot was scheduled for Tuesday, right? So it's Saturday. My mom calls me. She's like, I think she's going to go tomorrow. I'm like, fuck, man. How are we going to do this? She's like, I'm pretty sure you got to come home. I'm like. And you're here in California? I'm here in California, right? I got the video shoot on Tuesday in Florida. My family's in New Jersey. And I'm like, I I, I know this is going to happen. Sunday, my mom calls me. She's like, she's on her deathbed. You got to get home right away as fast as you could. She's only probably got another eight, nine hours left. I'm like, fuck, man. So I take the red eye back to Jersey, (laughs) right? Sunday night red eye to get there Monday morning, right? And so it was like 10 o'clock flight here. And then I would land in Jersey at like 4 a.m., right? So my office in Jersey is a mixed-use building. There's the, my dad owns the building, so there's office space where we are, and there's four apartments. One apartment's mine. So this way, whenever I go to New Jersey, I have an apartment to stay in. I'm 46. I ain't staying in my fucking mom's house. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we have the apartment, you know? So, bro, I, <laughs> I land at the airport. It's like 4 a.m. I'm like, all right, let me go back. I'm like, my mom's like, look, she's, she's good until tomorrow around noon, one o'clock. You should be okay. Go home, get a couple hours sleep when you land. I'll call you in the morning in case anything happens. I'm like, okay, good. I'm exhausted. Didn't sleep on the flight. Four in the morning, get in the Uber, get back to the apartment about 4.30. Bro, I opened the door to the apartment. It's fucking 120 <laughs> degrees. I, I walk in, I think there's a fire immediately. I'm like, holy shit. I walk in, I mean, immediately start profusely sweating, dude. I'm like, oh my God. I go, I touch the walls. The walls burnt my hand. That's how hot the fucking sheetrock was. I, I, what's going on? I look at the thermostat. It says 99. Yeah. And it would go higher, but it doesn't even that go to max. triple. It yeah. was at the max. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm, I'm trying to turn off. I'm like pressing the button and it's staying on heat. I go off. It's staying on heat. It won't turn. I rip the fucking the thing off the wall. <laughs> the heat is still on. Blazing. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? 
I feel the floor. The floor feels like it's on fire, dude. I'm like, there's got to be a fire in the basement. I take my clothes off, dude. I'm sweating. I'm in my fucking boxers and nothing else. It's freezing <laughs> outside, right? It's wintertime. I grab the key. I go in the basement. Open the basement. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I go back upstairs. 120 degrees. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? I don't know what to fucking do, right? So now the office is cold. Yeah. Inside the office, the air conditioner is on. It's just in my apartment. It's like 120 degrees. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't turn this shit off. You know what I mean? I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, he's like, what? I'm like, listen, I don't know what to do here. I'm like, it's like 120 degrees in here. Or something's fucking wrong. The heat won't turn off. I don't know what's up. It's all right. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll call the guy. I'm like, are you sure this is okay? I feel like it's going to burn the fucking place. Like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. We'll, you know, later on, we'll have somebody come. Just go upstairs and go take a nap on the couch in the office. I'm like, okay, so I'm disgusting, sweating, fucking underwear, sweating, right? I go upstairs, I'm trying to cool off, lay down, I close my eyes. Ten minutes later, my dad calls, wake up, the old lady's about to die, I gotta pick you up. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? Dad picks me up, dude, I'm on no sleep, I'm disgusting, sweating, go to my grandma's house, everybody's there. She's on her fucking deathbed right in the fucking house, bro. My uncles, my cousins, like 40 of us are there. I smell like, I stink like shit. I just landed. My grandma's about to die. I'm like, I can't even fucking believe this shit right now. So I'm just like doing my thing. I say my goodbyes to her. She fucking passes. We're hanging out around with the family now for a couple of hours. My mom's like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I don't know what to do. She goes, well... She just, and everybody knew she was passing, so it wasn't like everybody was like, like she was yeah. sick for a while. She's fucking 102, you know what I mean? So it yeah. wasn't like a, a bad scene. It was more like, thank God, she's not suffering no more. That kind of thing. Everybody just sent her goodbyes. It was, it was a nice thing, not like yeah. a bad, like, oh my God. Thank God it wasn't like yeah, that. for sure. So my mom's like, look, I know you have this thing lined up. She goes, you know, you do whatever you got to do. And I'm like, I know, but Ma, she's like, listen, she's like, she just passed away. We probably won't do the wake until, uh, we probably won't do the funeral or the wake until Wednesday and the funeral Thursday, but maybe not. I don't know yet, you know? I go, all right, we'll figure this shit out. We'll figure it out. I go home, shower, take a nap. She calls, she's like, all right, listen, we're doing the wake tomorrow, two to four, seven to nine, and then the funeral's on Wednesday. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, you go down to Florida. And I was like, but then I was, I started thinking like, what are all my cousins going to think? Yeah. What are my aunts and uncles going to think? You know what I mean? I started ha- feeling like a little guilt. Like, am I making the right decision? I know yeah. if I would have called Eddie, he would have said, don't worry about it. But, you know, I went and talked to my mom again. I like, go, mom, she goes, listen, how soon could you come back? I'm like, I could go there and come back the same night as fast as I could. I probably won't make the wake tomorrow night, but I'll be back in time for the morning to go to the funeral, to go to the um, the, the, the um, funeral home in, yeah. before you go to the funeral and then spend the whole day with the family. She's like, then you go do that. I go, and I had to make like a gut call right there, you know? And I was like, fuck it. I'm like, I gotta go do this, you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, you know what, I don't care what anybody fucking, I don't care what anybody fucking, because no one's trying to do this shit that I'm trying to do. So why yes. the fuck am I worried about what all these other people are gonna think about me when they ain't trying to do what the fuck I'm trying to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And my mom, as long as my mom supported it and I knew it was genuine, she's like, she, she ain't going, don't worry, come back up here, she's fine, it's fine. Yeah. You know, you're gonna be with us, it's okay. So I fucking, so then, I, I, I found another flight, changed my flight, shot down there Tuesday morning, had a drive down from Jacksonville to St. Augustine, shot videos for five hours straight, got back in the plane, came back up, got back up at midnight, and then I was there for my family Wednesday all day and did my whole thing over there. No one said anything. They all knew what I did. No one said anything bad. Even, yeah. Maybe they were thinking it, but they were just like, dude, so what happened? Why'd you have to go down there? I'm like, and I had to explain what I was doing. Not that they would fucking get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But... You know, and then, and then afterwards, I was like, did I make the right decision, you know, in my own head? I'm like, I think I did. Yeah. You know, and my father and mother totally supported the decision. They're like, dude, what are you, you're here. Yeah. Look what you just did. You yeah. went over there and came back, and you're here with us, and we're here together. Like, everything's fine, you know? We, we love you, and we, we, we support everything you're doing, and we know how passionate you are about what you're trying to do and building this empire, and we love it. So yeah. what the hell are you even thinking about? I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing, Mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's like, you did. Yeah. You know, and, and we had it. dude, that is why you have what you have, the team that you have, the business that you have, the life yeah. that you have. And not everybody understands it. But no, that and is, I don't expect them to because yeah. they ain't trying to do what we're trying to do. It's true. And everybody listening to this. Yeah. 
And, and honestly, you know, to, to wrap up, there's a couple things I, I, I want them to know how to connect with you. Yeah. Right. Because you're the type of person that people do gravitate to, you know, and I know you're just getting out there. You're starting to do, you know, your Instagram page and you got your MMA show and like you yeah. got some really great content. And so I want people to be able to find you. And uh, so that you can obviously have more people to pour into because like you're a great example on me, man. Like there's <laughs> things that you do like where I'm like. Oh my gosh! Like I, I remember having that fire, and I kind of let it go, and I'm, I'm getting it back. And being around guys like you really helps me get that fire Thanks, back. Thanks, bro. I know? appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I my, my that. IG, it's uh, it's Anthony So A N T H O O N Y dot B U S C I G L I O is my IG handle, and then uh, same thing on TikTok, and then uh, my business is APN Tech. Yeah. Alpha Papa Nancy T E C H. You'll find uh, also our Instagram page there. And I do a lot of content now. You know, yeah. I just started amping it up. I got we got AK in the house right here who yeah. does all our content for us. And 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 we just started. You know, I was doing a lot of just um, content where I was just giving business tips and things like that and hacks and whatever. And then we brought in AK's team to start doing culture content because I'm like, you know, everybody needs to see what the fuck we're doing yeah. here and how special yeah. this place is. So now AK's doing all the IG reels and all the IG stories for all our culture stuff. So I want people to see like what we really got going on here. Yeah. So that just started about a month ago. And then we have our UFC stuff, which you will see sometimes on my page, but that's a uh, Mad Lab MMA, Mad M-A-D, Lab L-A-B MMA, Mad Lab MMA on IG. And uh, you can find us all there and on YouTube and all that. Well, and I love MMA, dude. So I love when we get to talk a little bit about that we gotta watch the fights together we man we do weren't the fights great last time dude, dude. awesome <laughs> style yeah. bender getting the getting his belt back and have a bare knuckle yeah that was dude, amazing Go what on. a time we had oh man my gosh those that league has got to get bigger did you did you tell everybody about like the experience with him getting knocked down like the rocky moment i have not come on i have not dude I, can, well, can we, can we well, tell like, it trev wasn't there with me and i just haven't done a solo episode about it but yeah yeah let's tell him about it i mean dude this was like fucking i as soon as i came back here i told the whole office yeah. the story so just and i'm i know we're getting a little close to time but no it was amazing yeah so we went there with the brotherhood because keats one of keats good friends his name's alan belcher who was fighting for the head the bare knuckle heavyweight championship man we had fucking vip ringside table all of us the guy's family was right next to us right fighting for the title he was the last fight of the night high energy man bare knuckle i mean it was awesome just to be there and then uh last fight of the night and we're cheering this guy on and dude he gets knocked down in the first round right he gets a little hurt we're like all right all right second round he gets knocked down again yeah Third, middle of the second round, he gets knocked down for the third time. Blood dripping through, through into his eye. His head's cracked open. Barely got up by a nine count. We we're like, and everybody was just like, yeah, oh, you man, could see it. He was just like, Shh, I could just stay down right now. We're like, now. it's over, bro. That's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And then he got up, man, somehow. We were fucking cheering his, cheering his name and like giving him like the, the strength that he needs. And he got up, dude, started fighting his way back. And then he knocked the guy down yeah. in the second round. We're like, holy shit, knocked him down. Third round, he fucking knocked the guy out and won the heavyweight title. <laughs> dude. The place exploded, man. I mean, we were screaming, yelling. AK has all the footage. And, like, I just, just, it was literally like watching a, 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 a like, Rocky yeah, movie, yeah, like Rocky was. Four, and watching this guy yeah. take him down after being down, almost out. And then we waited afterwards. We met him about an hour later outside. His, you know, his face was all <laughs> fucked up. And, and it was just like, dude. I was like, bear, this bare knuckle shit's fucking awesome. <laughs> Great. I want to go to some more for sure. And they got uh, a lot of shows coming up this next year. They are growing. And it, it needs to, man, because it's like that extra like level of violence that people love bro Oof. it's not the it kind of takes out all the jujitsu stuff you know which i love the jujitsu love stuff, it too i grew up wrestling yeah i was very into that and so like i still love it like nerd um uh nerd yeah khabib Nurmagomedov. dude like i love watching that guy you know but Beast. a lot of people don't they want to see the blood they want to watch the izzy uh pereira yeah, fight yeah. dude i actually thought pereira was gonna win but how yeah. good did you feel for izzy oh, after that felt so good for him dude yeah that was tremendous i love them both so i was just that's like, a warrior though yeah. man wow some great fight. you know like what kind of mental for after losing to the guy three times yeah. what kind of mental block he had to overcome yeah you know, and then True. in the first round, he was getting pieced up again on his leg again and everything. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was starting to go the same way as the last one. And then, boom, man, vicious, bro. He did play possum, too. I was telling he my did. buddy Donnie, I he was did. like, dude, did you see him, like, intentionally go back he into did. the fence? 
you know, and like and cover up for a minute, and then bam, and then the arrows. <laughs> Fucking awesome, bro! I love but it. Before we wrap up, let's let's uh, let's hit them with the two oh, yeah. things that they can do for their marketing to yeah. increase. You know, like you know, right now, like things are tough in business in some ways, right? Some people are thriving, some people are struggling. A lot of markets have changed. Like people need to know, like just some of those little hacks of what they can do yeah. to increase their visibility. Absolutely. So, you know, my, my company is a B two B marketing company, so we deal with a lot of uh, a lot of contractors, service based contractors, plumbers, HVAC, roofers, siders. Um, uh, but and this is what we teach them too, right? So the number one thing, number one little tip I have is, is, is the easiest way to generate reviews, right? And it's so simple. Yeah. It's more of a habit, right? So we started doing this about two years ago, right? So the key to generating, a lot of businesses struggle with generating reviews. And yeah. reviews are fucking it's valuable. Bro, I mean, like, it is part of our society. It's the first thing you do. When you go to mm -hmm. Amazon, what's the first thing you do? When you go to Yelp, what's the first thing you do? Every time. Every time. So the key to getting reviews is all about just asking at the right time. Yeah. So I put a process in place, right? So we do 80 to 100 sales a day are in the office, right? And as soon as the sale's done, it gets transferred over to the intake department where they read the disclaimer and go over the credit card bill. And then at the end of every single call, Great. Okay. Can I, can you do me a favor? I'm going to send you a link right now to your a text message link. Could you please leave me a review and tell me about the customer experience you had working with us so far? They didn't even get the product yet, bro. Yeah. They all did was buy from us, get transferred to a nice girl who treated them right. And then she asked for the review. We generate 15 to 30 reviews every single day because we ask at the right time. You ask three days later, yeah. Your conversion goes down dramatically. So we tell business owners, dude, asking for the review is almost as important as getting the payment. And you got to ask at the point of sale. If you're a plumber and you're at somebody's house and you fix their toilet, great, thank you. Hey, could you do me a favor? I'm going to send you a text message right now. Yeah. Could you leave me a review? It'll go a long way for me. Yeah. Are they going to, bro, you're right in front of their fucking face. Are they going to do it? Absolutely. They're going to do it every single time. If you sell over the phone, while you're on the phone, great. Hey, could you do me a favor? I'm going to send you a text message right now. Could you do me a favor? I'm really working on my online reputation. Yeah. I'm going to send you a link. Could you leave me a review? And yeah. you ask them right there. If you wait and delay anything further than that, you're going to have tested this. Your conversion rate just completely plummets. So the only way, the best way to get reviews quick and fast is just asking at the right time, which is at the point of sale. And, uh, is there something with like Google, for example, where they do rank you higher, make you more visible when you have more reviews that are higher ranking reviews? It's definitely part of the algorithm for sure. Yeah. And it's just like, look, if, you, if you're looking for a plumber, another example, right? And I go to Google and I put in plumber near me or plumber Orange County, right? And there's five listings I see. There's one guy with 2,000 reviews, one guy with 50, one guy with zero, one guy with one, one guy with three. What's the first one you're clicking yeah. on, bro? Yeah. It's automatic, you yeah. know. Yeah. You're clicking on a guy with 3,000 reviews first. You're going to reviews. And then the other guys don't even got a shot. Yeah. They don't even got a shot. Yeah. The second thing is, is that there's a big misconception for people about their Google listing. Your Google business listing is the most important online asset you have. Not your website, your Google business listing. Absolutely. Okay? So you got to manage your listing. People just think you just got to claim it. That you just put the claim button and you know, do some shit. You have to optimize it and put all the pictures you can, professional pictures, you could put a video on there, all your categories, your keywords, you fill out every single space you can. But besides that, you have to log into your listing once a week and keep it active. Google monitors the activity. And if you just set it and forget it, you will lose some spots in the ranking. You can manage your listing. You could see analytics. You could see how many people click to call you. And you got to respond to all the reviews that you get. So when you get the review, and the guy leaves you a good one, then you got to reply because people, when they read the reviews, they see that the owner took his time to go back and leave a polite comment back to the, the guy who reviewed it. It makes people feel good and want to call you, yeah. right? And then a lot of times, customer, you ever go on Google and like people ask questions? Yeah. You know, you got to be the first one to reply to the questions too. So you got to be active with your Google listing, not just claim it, and the reviews. Those two biggest things alone will yeah. get you tons of free traffic and free, custom, free leads. Dude, thank you so much. And, dude, thank you for your time today on the oh, show. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Speaking of reviews, you guys, leave us a review. You know, if you enjoyed this content, if you got some value, you know, go give us a rate review. Um, you know, and we do. We have a community that does that, man. We, we That's one of the things that's helped us grow our podcast so much is, is you know, 
these these listeners, man. Like, yep. you know. But hey, you guys, if you got some value out of out of Anthony, go give him a follow, shoot him a message, tell him you heard about him on the RBO show. That's awesome. You know, and if there's anything he can do for you, I know he will. He's just that type of guy. Um, but dude, again, this is such a privilege, man. Let's go, babe. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace out. Have a great day.